Hey there, Purpose Warriors. Welcome to the Awaken to Purpose podcast. This is Dr. Burnell from drburnell.com, where we believe that every season in your life serves a greater purpose. If you're new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community of purpose warriors who believe that God's best version of ourselves is hidden on the inside of us, just waiting to be awakened as we grow in our relationship and continue to say yes to what God has called us to do in the earth. We know that God's purpose for our lives was preordained and the reason why he created us. So every other week, this podcast seeks to explore how to awaken to your purpose from a practical standpoint and become God's best version of you. And we do this by touching upon our five pillars of purpose, faith, relationship, identity, resiliency, and stewardship. If you want to know more about our five pillars of purpose, head over to my website at www.drvernell.com backslash podcast. So before we dive in, I need to share with you that this podcast is being brought to you by my new book, From Pain to Purpose, where I share actionable steps, biblical principles, and life lessons on how I discovered my purpose after a painful and unexpected divorce and was left to raise two children with more than a million dollars of debt, zero access, and a negative network. My book is available on my website, again, at www.drbrunel.com, also on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever books are sold. So if you want to learn more about how to release limiting beliefs, overcome financial difficulties, experience radical breakthroughs, and step courageously into your purpose, then grab your copy today. And remember that God can use whatever unfair or unjust act, any rejection or hurtful experience, and transform your pain into your purpose. So let's jump right in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Awaken to Purpose podcast. I have a very incredible guest today, Sandra Acasio, who is a digital launch coach and an entrepreneur who discovered her passion for sales funnels, systems, and automation. She revamped her focus and services and now supports hundreds of online coaches with five and six-figure digital launches. Now she coaches in multiple seven-figure coaching programs and private communities supporting hundreds of women to get clear on their messaging and launch strategies that will allow them to increase their impact and income while they engage, excite, and enroll their audience. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Sandra, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. And your hair looks so beautiful, by the way. I love that style on you. Thank you. Thank you. This is like my first time trying it. So I'm oh, really? it's so cute. I love it. I love it. Anyway, I am so excited that you came onto the show today and I just can't wait for you to jump in. I mentioned to you before we started recording that I've noticed I'm definitely on social media that one of the things that you talk a lot about is the loss of identity. So I would love for you to share that with the audience and a little bit about your background, being a military spouse, et cetera. Right. Well, thank you. Again, I appreciate you having me on the show. And yeah, like you said, I have all these titles, you know, funnel builder, digital marketing strategist, and all of that. And obviously military spouse, and I'm also a mom of four. But aside from all those titles, what I really love that we're here to talk about today is really experiencing the burnout 
that came with building my online business. Mm. And so it was really never in my plans to become a coach, but the way that this military lifestyle is set up and all the moving around that we do, like we're on the run. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Um, mm -hmm. I knew that my corporate nine to five was not going to cut it anymore. Right. So when we transitioned from Las Vegas to Florida, I left my corporate job and I really thought that I was going to be able to just bounce right back and just find another corporate job. But that's not how it worked out. The little town we're in, it wasn't diversified like that for those kind of roles that I was looking for and the salary. Mm -hmm. And so I just decided to go home and I'm like, listen, I'm going to have to figure this out. I don't know what this is going to look like. Maybe it's going to be me burning some CDs and selling them from the trunk. I don't know. I'm going to make this work. I had a friend who mentioned you should try to look and see if about becoming a virtual assistant. Like you have all this corporate experience. You might as well use those skills online. Mm. So I did a little Googling and after literally doing all the Googling and YouTubing and taking every certificate online possible, Mm -hmm. I was finally ready to start serving clients. And I started getting booked and I started gaining momentum. But to be honest with you, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I just knew I wanted to serve, but I did not hire a coach. I didn't do any of that stuff. Right. And I got lost in that momentum. And I started experiencing major burnout. Like I was stressed out all the time. Mm. And I was really just operating under like a frantic mindset, right? And it got so bad. It got so bad that I started taking it out on my family. And then one day in early May of 2017, right before Mother's Day, actually, like literally to the day right now, right before Mother's Day, Mm -hmm. it caught up to me and I had a complete mental breakdown that resulted into me checking myself into a mental institute for five days. Mm. Can I ask you something just really quickly? Like, were you guys stationed somewhere at that particular point? Was your husband deployed? Like, what did your day-to-day look like in addition to kind of like taking on these new responsibilities? Thankfully, he was not deployed. So what occurred was that after being in that hospital for five days, and being misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder, Mm. it turned out that what I was actually really experiencing was identity loss. And so I did not know that at that time. But what I discovered was that when you go through a lot of different life changes, like I did in a very short period of time, like, and just to give you a quick glimpse of all the life changes was him and I met a year after meeting, we got married. And a week later, I found that I was pregnant. And a week later, he was gone for a whole year. So the Mm. whole time that I was pregnant, our first year of being married, we were apart. When he came back home, that's when we took off from Las Vegas to Florida. So all those life changes were happening. And then the major one that affected me the most was leaving my corporate job and now being unemployed for a little bit to then eventually becoming an entrepreneur. But I did not recognize that all those life changes Mm -hmm. required for me to go through a grieving process, right? Like I was supposed to grieve the person that I was no longer. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't know that subconsciously me walking by a closet full of corporate suits that really didn't fit me anymore was affecting me, right? Me looking in the mirror and seeing a person that I didn't recognize because I was no longer wearing makeup. I was no longer in heels, in a suit, 
with a routine, all of that was affecting me, right? Mm -hmm. And so I started experiencing like anxiety and panic attacks. And in my mind, I had never experienced that before. So I really thought I was actually having a heart attack. All of that resulted into me checking my, like I started having suicidal thoughts because of how explosive I became. My husband, one day, just the day that I ended up having this mental breakdown, he said, you're so unapproachable and so explosive. We can't even talk to you. And so I said something along the lines of a very, not intentionally, but I said, so what do you want me to do? Hang myself or something like that. Mm. But that perpetuated into something bigger. It was one of those where it's like, I had to remove myself thinking that there was really something wrong with me. And after being in that hospital for five days, it turned out that I really wasn't actually bipolar. What I was experiencing was identity loss, but nobody was able to identify that in my five days there. So they heavily medicated me. And Mm -hmm. I left that hospital. I left with like five or seven different medications. It was like crazy. I was taking so many medications that my new psychiatrist at that time was like, you are taking so much medication that you can sedate four people from how much they gave you at that hospital. Wow. I had to like figure that out really fast, right? That's when I discovered that like really what I was experiencing was not that, you know, like I lost my shit. <laughs> if I, can, <laughs> I lost my mind, but it really mm-hmm. wasn't like I lost my mind. I actually lost my identity. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people now, they even with like pre-COVID, a lot of people during COVID lost their identity. And a lot of people reached out to, you know, like depression and they reached out to doctors because they felt depressed and all of that. But the reality is we all kind of lost our identity during COVID because now we were in a new routine confined to not what we normally did. Right. I talk a lot about identity loss because identity loss is something you can actually experience really fast. Right. Like you lose a pet, for example, you lose a pet, even losing a family member, you kind of lose your identity in that grieving process. Because now you're no longer, especially if that family member was part of your daily routine, Mm -hmm. it's almost like whatever is tied to what you do on a regular routine, that's what Mm -hmm. becomes the thing that you lost. And so Mm -hmm. your identity starts shifting. I'm not a doctor, but I had to read up on a lot of this because I was like, well, what do I do to get over this? Right. Mm -hmm. And it was really in that trying season that what I now actually call my step up method. And basically, these are the steps that helped me overcome my identity loss and then now really transition now into a multiple six-figure earner. And I'll definitely, I'm happy to share the the six steps. So S is for self-awareness. I did not know that what I was experiencing was anxiety or panic attacks. So identifying that and having the self-awareness of why was things triggering me? Why were becoming less explosive, understanding that that anxiety was perpetuating into that anger. And for a minute, I was like feeling bitter, like towards my husband thinking, I'm going through this because of you. I left that job because of you, you know, all those things mm-hmm. the and so that turned into something bigger. So having the self-awareness helped me get through a lot, right? Understanding that I don't have to be explosive. I don't have to react to everything, have the self-awareness and the discipline to just be calm and figure it out. Mm-hmm. The is therapy for the trauma. A lot of us, (laughs) I don't know why the word therapy seems to be so taboo or like going to a therapist seems to be like a thing that people don't want to do. 
Mm-hmm. But it was really what uh, really helped me figure out what were the steps, what were the things that I was holding on to, what were the things that I needed to do differently now to adjust to the new lifestyle that I had. So therapy for the trauma was big. E is expand your mindset. A lot of the times I was operating under a very fixed mindset with the things that I was doing. I was thinking, no, things have to be this way, right? Like I was a single mom for a long time. Mm -hmm. And now I had my husband and not only was I relying on my husband for everything, but now I also felt like he was taking on my kids that hurt my ego. And so I had to expand my mindset to all the growth that was happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The P is for personal development. Like, listen, the personal development has been the thing between mindset and and personal development. That's the only reason I'm now able to kind of now be in spaces and help other people experience transformation. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have gotten where I'm at now if I wouldn't have done that personal development. Like that's so important. And it's really the key to a whole lot of stuff, right? And that's the other part that helped me shift from a nine to five corporate employee to now a entrepreneur. And then the U is upgrading my vision. I literally think about all the time now, like I was not dreaming big enough before, right? Now I think about what does seven figure Sandra look like? How does she dress? How does she talk? How does she pay bills? How does she treat people? How does she operate business? How mm-hmm. does she treat herself? How does she take care of herself? So upgrading my vision was super important. The last P is pursue purpose with unshakable passion. That was for mm-hmm. me like the most important one because I think when we are shifting from a corporate where it's like, we kind of are, a lot of us work kind of check by check. We tend to chase that money, right? Mm -hmm. It really wasn't until I stopped chasing the money (laughs) that I actually started making money when Mm -hmm. I started pursuing my purpose. And, you know, just chasing that purpose has been the whole shift of everything for me. So I've made it my mission now to actually teach more women Mm -hmm. about this particular thing identity loss and just building businesses around their life and not building their life around their business. I love that. So I'm curious to know, like I heard you mention before about thinking that you were bipolar. Was that a misdiagnosis? Did a doctor say that you were bipolar? Did you think that about yourself? No, this was a misdiagnosis that I got from that hospital that I was checked in, that mental institute that I was in for five days. They Mm -hmm. diagnosed me as bipolar. They told me, we're not going to get into the whole, what mental institutes are like. That's a whole conversation. Mm -hmm. However, for the five days that I was there, the first 24 hours, they heavily medicated me. And then I saw a doctor after 24 hours of being there. And I legitimately only talked to her for no more than five minutes. She asked me, do you ever experience rushes of wanting to clean your house? And I was like, hell yeah. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, I love cleaning my house. And then she goes, do you ever feel like your energy just drops? And I'm like, yeah, I do experience that. And then she's like, do you ever feel like you're not sure of your emotions? I'm like, yeah, I do. That's what I'm experiencing right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're bipolar. There was no official psychiatric evaluation. She literally labeled me as bipolar right then and there. And then after that, it took me a whole 18 months of Mm -hmm. going through psychological evaluations, going through some therapies and all of that to get the bipolar disorder 
off my medical record. Because mm. when I was coming back home, being mm-hmm. released from that hospital, the hospital would only let me go home if my husband had agreed to get rid of our firearms because a bipolar person can't be in the same house as someone that has a gun. And I thought mm-hmm. that was like crazy, right? So all mm-hmm. those things took an effect. And that's why once I spoke to the doctor, the first psychiatrist that I saw after that hospital, mm-hmm. he told me, I don't really think you're bipolar. Like after speaking to me for a little bit, he's like, I really think that what you're experiencing is identity loss. And then that's how we ended up now doing a treatment for getting rid of the bipolar disorder, like getting that misdiagnosed off my record. And now he was able to justify it as identity mm-hmm. Yeah. And hearing your story, part of it in my mind was thinking how much stress that we either place upon ourselves or we're just a part of a stressful environment. So in hearing you say like you meet the man, you marry the man, you guys a week later, you know, you have kids, you're giving up so many different things. That military lifestyle doesn't mean that you're always going to be stationed in one place. That means a lot of mobility. You're going to be moving around and about four kids, right? Then trying to launch your own business, trying to support your family, trying to kind of like find yourself in the mix of all of that. And I do agree, kind of like that grieving process. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of pressure on someone. So then when you talked about kind of, you know, having panic attacks or just feeling like a lot of anxiety, I can only imagine like that type of stress. I remember when I got, Lord, I got released from a job. That was my first time ever experiencing a lot of stress and what it manifested itself into. So I was so stressed out that I broke out in hives. And I remember taking so many Benadryl. I woke up in the morning and the whole left side of my face had welts all on it. It was swollen. My legs all down my thighs, on my back and my arms, I like was all puffy. The skin was puffy. And I just remember, I told my husband at the time, I said, I need to go to the hospital. I just threw clothes on and I just left out of the house. And the nurse told me later, don't ever do that because I could have gone into anaphylactic shock because, you know, yeah, (laughs) throat could have closed up. But I was so panicky that I didn't know. And they were like, are you under any type of stress? And I was like, yes, because I felt like I was having these bad dreams. Like it was a mistake. Like they were like, nope. Bernal, come on back. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so like it triggered like this, like physical reaction to that type of stress. So yeah. And hearing that I'm like, our bodies respond in so many different ways, but I love that you kind of shared your, you know, the process and your framework that kind of helped you get to the place that you are today that I love that idea of, you know, stepping up, look, step up and step on out. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that sounds very traumatic, Sandra, just to even go through something like that and to continue to fight that fight for 18 months, just to kind of like reclaim yourself and your life is almost like just being in a fight for your own life, your own existence, and to either make it to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think here's the other part of this, right, is that a lot of people don't, and I was just talking to my husband about this today, because he's an Air Force recruiter. And I was telling him, I was like, I never even thought about how now these people that even during COVID that reached out to get mental help because they were experiencing anxiety, depression, and all the things, 
and they were probably medicated or they were probably offered medication. And mm-hmm. now the process is if they decided to get a better job later on, that requires mm-hmm. like for the military, all your medical records have to be given in, right? If you have ADHD, or if you've ever been on certain medications, you're mm-hmm. not able to come work for you're not able to get into the Air Force. So I was telling him, I was like, I can't imagine now post COVID, all these people that did go because depression declined, right? Medications were, and th- this was research I did, medications, like depression medications were higher during COVID. So it's just like all those people now, if they ever wanted a government job or if they ever wanted any kind of those jobs, they're now disqualified mm-hmm. because now they have something on their record. Like, thankfully for me, my route and in my, the only reason for me, it was more of a personal thing, not because mm-hmm. I'm trying to go get a job in a different field. It's because for me, I was a registered gun or- owner before. And so it's like, if I ever wanted to go buy another gun, I couldn't because it's now a record. It's now a public record that mm-hmm. shows that I was in a mental institute. Right. And so things like that, for me, it was like, I wanted to get that off. Like I did not. Yes. Was I in a mental institute? Yes. I needed the help at that time. But no, I don't have this bipolar disorder. So a lot of people kind of chuck that up for it's not a big deal. But for some, it will be if you ever try to pursue a different job. And so it's Mm -hmm. like the long term effects of some of these things. This is why I always tell people, like, be your biggest advocate and get a second opinion. Like if this doctor's telling you this and they want to diagnose you with this, go find out what another doctor would say, because I was misdiagnosed. Right. And if it wouldn't have been for this graceful (laughs) little old Italian man who Mm -hmm. really saw that he was like, you're not crazy lady. Like you didn't lose your mind. You lost your identity. Like Mm -hmm. we gonna fix this. Right. But not everybody has that opportunity. Right. I think it's just what being your biggest advocate being like, okay, I understand that maybe right now in mental health is definitely a big topic. Right. Mm -hmm. However, I think sometimes we brush it as they're just telling me to take these little pills because it's going to make me feel better. But that comes with a lot of other things. Right. Mm -hmm. I think about like even my son, he's been diagnosed as autistic. And my husband and I have always said, I don't care how tough it gets with him. We're not medicating him. Right. Mm -hmm. And now even thinking about that, like, yes, my husband comes from a background of family members. His dad was in the military. He's in the military. Mm-hmm. I can only assume one of my kids are going to be in the military because of the way my husband kind of always wants them to gravitate towards <laughs> that way, right? Mm-hmm. But if I ended up medicating my son because, mm-hmm. I mean, if he needed it, he needed it. But like, he's got mild autism. Like his is like, he's got sensory sensitivity. So the light bothers him and loud noises bother him, but he's very social. He mm-hmm. doesn't have anxiety. He's not socially awkward. He doesn't have any speech delays or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So for me, medication didn't seem like necessary, right? But if the moment we put him on there, you can forget him ever having a government job that is going to require top secret clearance or anything like that. And so I think about that now. And again, it was just something that came up today. And I was like, I can't imagine how it is for people now that a lot of people have gone through that post COVID that Mm -hmm. are like, okay, how come I can't get clearance for certain things? It's because we're not doing our research, our due diligent research on some of these things. Yeah, yeah, I totally hear you. And I was thinking about kind of like in your step up, like methodology that you kind of talk about, 
And then just emphasizing that P part of it, like that pursuing the purpose part of it. Do you feel like that has helped you kind of like have some level of stability in your life in ways that it did not beforehand? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like now that I think the other part of being able to pursue my purpose has Mm -hmm. been healing the past, right? One of my favorite coaches says this all the time, like your business is only going to grow as much as you're willing to heal. And that is very true, right? And so mm-hmm, that's a me, word right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, healing allowed me to let go of a lot of things because before I used to tell myself all kinds of stories, right? Especially with online businesses, you got to show up online. You got to be in the front. You got to be doing the videos and you got to be posting and you got to do all these things to get visibility. Mm-hmm. I was afraid of that visibility. I was afraid of what are people going to say? What is my family going to think? What are the family members going to think, what are people from high school going to think? All these things that it's like, but does that even matter? Right. And it really was also shifting my faith, right? Like to have that obedience where it's like, God is telling me to go do this. So like, I don't know what it's going to look like. You're going to have to get over this whole fear of being on video. You're going to need to go (laughs) do what God is telling you to do. Right. And Mm -hmm. so now for me, pursuing my purpose is so much more important than every other feeling that I had before. And it does come up, right, where I'd still get shy, but I just work through it. And like you said, public speaking is the ones that cause me to break out in hives. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that happens with some people. It's like, listen, I know I was doing some type of presentation and somebody was commenting on how well I did. And I just told her, I said, listen, I had sweaty pits. I told her, I said, I was sweating all over the place. And she said, you know what? Nobody could ever see that, but it's just, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I think people can still have like those frightening moments, but I love how you tied it into purpose because purpose is not about you. It's always about other people. Um, God's purpose for your life is going to stretch you in ways and make you incredibly uncomfortable. And you have to really push through whatever that is to get to the best that God has for you. As we start to wrap this up, I do love to ask every one of my guests just one question, which is, what do you know about God that you wish the whole world knew? What I know about God is that he is always on time, Mm -hmm. always, Mm -hmm. always on time. And he is extremely faithful. If you are faithful, he will like, I think my faith now is so much bigger because I used to not believe in God like that. I was raised as a Catholic and for a long time, I'm like, how do I hear God? Like I started tapping into that and it wasn't even about going to church or all the things that I was told as a child. It was like, Mm -hmm. no, tapping into your faith, like spend time with your Bible, read the scripture, understanding that. And one thing that I have come to realize is that if I'm faithful to God, he's always on time. He's never left my side. Amen. Amen to that. I love that. So Sandra, if people are trying to get in contact with you, how do they connect with you? Absolutely. So you can find me at sandraocasio.com. That's S-A-N-D-R-A-O-C-A-S-I-O.com. Or you can find me at Funnels with Sandra on Instagram. I love it. And I will be sure to capture all of that in the show notes. Again, I just want to thank you so much for investing your time and energy to come out. It just blesses with your story. So I really appreciate that, Sandra. <laughs> thank you for having me. I appreciate being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you.
beyond my book if you're interested in learning more about how to become God's best version of yourself by awakening to your purpose, consider enrolling in my online course, which you'll find on my website again, which is www.drvernell.com because God's love for you and the reason why he created you is greater than you will ever know. And guess what? He wants you to succeed in carrying out your purpose.